0: say the power of God's working in me. The power of God's working in me. The power of God's working in my body. It's working in my mind. It's working in my marriage. And and find find other scriptures that cover all that, of course. But you could just say that knowing that you have faith in the anointing. Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn with me to Luke chapter 4. And while you're finding that and looking for Luke chapter 4 here, I'm going to start over. But I want to read a couple quotes from different people. Brother Hagen, I think Pastor Nancy, some's unknown, it says, Dr. Summerall. The love of the world is the barricade keeping Christians out of the supernatural. means responsibility. You've got to get that in your thinking. There's a lot of responsibility that goes with having a power of God in your life. I don't know if you realize that or not. Brother Hagin said in the healing revival, 47 to 58, he told those guys, all the healing evangelists of that day in late 40s and early part of the 50s up to 58, I think, some of them had tremendous anointings that Brother Hagin said he's hardly ever seen duplicated. I mean, they bring, uh, you know, he mentions uh, five grown men, deaf, mutes, and every one of them heard heard and spoke when the the guy got done with them. And yet those men, some of them didn't even know their Bible very well. Secondly, they didn't know how to believe God. They just operated in their gifting. Listen to him; you might learn something. And he said to all of them, well, I'll still be around when all you guys are gone because I can minister by faith. And I can minister in my gifting or my anointing. And some of them got sick and said, You know, what am I going to do? And Brother Hagin said, Well, you're going to have to believe God or die. Should have been paying attention when I was up teaching about faith. See, sometimes you can be highly anointed but not even know the Bible real well. Because it's a gift. God anoints certain people with special endowments. I have an endowment. I have a couple endowments. In my life and ministry right now, Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to. I don't talk too much about that right now. But I, I'm just telling you. But I like getting the Bible and be a faith person. But here's the thing: the love of the world is the barricade keeping Christians out of the supernatural. That was Doctor Somerville. Pastor Nancy says the power of God works where it's welcomed. You know, that's the thing about some some of us who have healing endowments and things. You know, we get ridiculed about it. People understand it so they make fun of us. And judgmental. You know, it just do people good to keep their mouth shut about what they don't understand? Not necessarily you, but I mean, I keep my mouth off of things if I don't understand it and quit making fun of the way other persons minister. Yeah, I have a right to judge things according to what people say and do because the Bible says he that's spiritual can judge all things, but I'm careful to not criticize the way certain person ministers. They may be different than me. They could be just as anointed or more anointed. Of course. But she said faith means it's welcome, and unbelief means it's not welcome. The power of God. Unseen divine power waits on the demands of faith. You hear that? Unseen divine power waits on the demands of faith. Depending on what we'll believe tonight is what will happen here. Now, I'm in faith, but you've got to be in faith with me. We'll get to that eventually here. And then uh, somebody else says unknown here. To give yourself to that which is worldly is to give away your power. Then, I didn't say evil. Just said that which is worldly. I drove drove by the theater coming here because I went by to get a cup of coffee. And I noticed they were packed out. Entertainment. You know, we all like to be entertained. There's nothing wrong with going to a movie, but there's something wrong with putting a movie before church. There's something wrong with going in there and you spend, oh my gosh. You bring your family, it's $50 just to get in the thing and buy you some popcorn and not even a big box. You can see people are funny. And then people, say people sit over there and get a 72-ounce Pepsi in a big old container about a quart and drink it and their are ladder's about as big as their head, and they're not about to leave the theater because the next scene, they think they're going to miss up, but they come to church, got to get up three times. Humanity's kind of fickle, you know it? I'm sorry to be so real, but it's just the way that I think, and it's right, you know, and then, you know, people come to church, well, that's sure a long time. Well, you sit through the Lord of the Rings, my God, those are five hours long. Some of you be watching the thing all day tomorrow on TV and eating pie all day. I know you. Go ahead, but what about your prayer time? What about, the, I mean, put, put God in there somewhere. Don't buy a DVD off my table just for me. Just put it in and watch it tomorrow. might help you a little bit. I'm just talking to you here. Talking about, we're talking tonight about the healing anointing. Because there's, and I'm going to show you something real unique here. Let's look at Luke four (laughs) eighteen. At four eighteen, says the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus said, "Is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives." and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I was reading this today and meditating on it, and the Lord said, I had a Ph.D. I preached, healed, and delivered. <laughs> I thought that was doing pretty good. Well, tonight there's an anointing to preach, there's an anointing to get for you to be healed if you need that, and to get delivered if you something in your life that you know is not right and you want to get free of that, tonight's your night. And you don't have to come up here and tell all of us what, you know, might be the issue. But if that's a need in your life, when that anointing is already starting to work in me, I can feel it, that it'll it'll set you free. You don't have to fall down if you're concerned about falling down. I mean, I lay hands on people aggressively because that's the way I do it. But I'm not trying to push you down. But now, really, if you're serious about it, you'd want to yield to the power and not be resistant. But we don't care whether you follow or not. I do care whether you receive or not. Ph.D., that's pretty good. Preach, heal and deliver. I like. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. We're looking at Jesus' ministry first, and we're going to talk more about the healing anointing in my personal life. And, and what, we're going to see some things about how this anointing works. His healing, anointing. Now, Jesus taught the Bible. You understand that, don't you? He taught the Word of God, the Word of faith. And you can be healed by good teaching. Brother Hagin says most of his members never got healed instantly. It was visitors or somebody that they didn't know that came to visit the church. and, 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 And God would use him to minister maybe in the gifts. But he said typically his people got healed over a period of time as he taught them the Bible. And their faith developed. And that's another reason why, if you want to know, if you're with me for a period of time, 5 more, three, four, five, six years, and you used to get healed and ministered to every time you came to the altar and you're having a hard time now, it's because you're not doing anything. You're just expecting me to get everything off of you. And I can get it off of you for maybe the first few times or get my, use my faith more than you're using yours. Because I have faith in my ministry and I have faith in the power of God, but there'll come a time when God will require you to step up and have some faith with me to either respond with me and agree with me better, or to do it yourself. We're not saying that you're out. We're just saying that this is the way the program works. You heard Brother Les last night. See, here's a great example of a man that's probably not called to fivefold ministry, but came in as a sheep in trouble in his life he told himself you know thinking about divorce in lack in want in need not knowing how to you know do the things that he knows now and here his marriage was saved his kids brought up in the church and 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 and, you know both the boys are in the church today young men love god his marriage is strong. He's went through some physical battles, some financial battles, but he's still in here. And if you heard him last night, he's just as stable as they come. He can get you up here and catch the devil out of you too. As good as I can because he paid attention to his pastor. He was a good student. And he started applying what we taught. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't help him. If he needed my help, I could get in there with my faith too or the anointing on my life because it's higher anointing because I'm the leader. Do you understand? And I would use that. But he's not going to just expect me to do it all for him. He's going to use his abilities wherever he can and stretch it and then let me tag on with what I got or whatever and we'll get it done. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you know, that's what being a pastor is. I remember, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. You know, he came to me a few years back. It's been several. Him and Mary, they were going to resign off the board. And I said, what for? Well, my son gets arrested every other week. I said, well, I'm not going to let you do it. I refuse to take your, uh, what do you call it, resignation. And I didn't know what I was going to say next. And I said, and no, I'll tell you why. And I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth. That's a good example of how the anointing function. Then all of a sudden, while he's sitting there, him and Mary, they're crying. And I said, no, I need you too much, both of you. I need you around me. I need you in leadership. And I'll tell you why. And then I said, I thought, well, what am I going to say, you know? And the Lord said to me, he said, now, do you think I'm a bad father? And I said to them, do you think our heavenly father's a bad father? No. Well, didn't he create Adam? Yes. Wasn't he the father to Adam? Yes. And did Adam go awry temporarily or whatever? Yeah. Well, and he was perfect. So let's, I said, let me use my faith with you. We'll just believe that it'll get turned around for your son. Then not I say that? And he'll get back in here with us. Where's he at? There he is. Lift your hand, sonny. And we're not putting down being arrested. I've been there a few times. (laughs) Not recently, but, you know, a few years back. (laughs) Yeah, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff. Now he's a pillar in the church. Did you get over here to Acts 10 yet? We're talking about the healing anointing, though. It says how God anointed, Acts 10, 38, how God that Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's not mentioned there, Christ, because that's the power that was on Him. That was the anointing that was on Jesus. So it says, again, let me read it, how God anointed. You know you can't anoint yourself. I know some people think they can. And nobody else can anoint you either. We can confirm what God's doing in your life, but but you'll have to be anointed by God. Only God can anoint people. And then the person who's anointed has got to what take some responsibility. That's what I'm trying to get over a little tonight, to learn to be skillful. I taught you that last night, how you do that, at least some beginner steps, how to become skillful with your anointing. And so we're said. let me read on here, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Notice that. Now, see, you can do good with that anointing. You can do good. I, I don't understand in my brain how I could call a guy out that's breathing oxygen and lay my hands on him, and and, and, and I saw, because I, I got angels that work with me. I don't want to take you over there too far. But i got one angel, and he's got, I don't know what he's got. Like His finger looks like a laser, and he starts doing something on people's lungs. I've seen him do that several times in different meetings. And I saw him, like, burning something through there with this guy. I don't understand how the power of God can work on a man's lungs and not injure anything else just repair all that needs fixed I don't know when you pray for somebody with cancer and you're not taking it through chemo or some other radiation you're just praying and the power of God goes in there and spares all the good cells and repairs all the bad cells and, and causes them to be eradicated and puts new cells where it needs to be or how does that I, I just know it works. We're not criticizing, you know, natural means that the medical community does. They're trying to fight the same people I am. I mean, the same enemy, brother, which is sickness and disease. Hallelujah! Yeah. And we're believing to get in some medical schools eventually, and to talk, teach some of these young medical students about, hey, you know, put the the power God can get in here and help you guys too. We're not against you. We're, we're for you. But you'd be for us too how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing. So healing is good. And it was that anointing that got the job done in this particular case. It says, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, so sickness and disease and pain has to be of the devil. For God was with him. See, we're talking about this anointing. And, you know, the Bible teaches us, too, that Jesus had the Spirit without measure, which means he had no limitations on his measure. I have a limitation. How many understand that? A measure means a certain degree, and Jesus had the Spirit without measure because when He was in the earth, He was the body of Christ. He was an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Then He operated in seven of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Tongues interpretation were reserved for this dispensation. So He was operating in full manner, full throttle, without without a limitation on Him because He had all the gifts of healings in Him. I don't. Now, I could get you healed what I mean by that, by teaching you the Bible and get your faith around the Word of God that you're redeemed from sickness. You understand that? But in my healing mantle, it's growing, and I've got some special endowments for bones and for lungs and sometimes uh, organ replacement. We've had a few of those now. And we've prayed for over 200 people straight for their legs to grow out, and not a single one has failed to do so and different things like that. And doctors said privately to me recently that healing anointing is expanding in your life. So you can do good with this anointing, and right here is talking about specifically a healing anointing or a delivering anointing to get people delivered from the oppression of the enemy. We just read earlier in the offering, you know, in Luke about those were cured of evil spirits. See, that's what we're talking about here. This Ph.D. (laughs) Now let's go to Mark 10. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight, talk to you about something here different, because you may not have need of healing tonight, but you would like me to lay hands on you and I want to say, with that anointing, I'm not talking about me as a person, Michael Jacobs, I'm talking about the anointing on my life. I can bless you if you want it. I'm going to read it out of the Bible so you can see that that's possible. Here in Mark chapter 10, Jesus, in verse 13 through 16. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, verse 14, he was much displeased and said, Don't suffer means allow the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. He blessed them. It's interesting to note, i got a brand new Bible, but up here in verse 13 it says he should touch them. The Greek word there means to touch as to influence deeply. In other words, there was something imparted to those kids. And you know, in some sense, you're spiritual children. You know, a few of you might even be older than me, but still there's a dimension there where we can help minister. And I'm saying that for your benefit. If you're not, maybe you're not sick. I hope you're not or you don't need deliverance tonight, but if you just want to come and get in the prayer line at the end of the service, we can lay our hands on you and bless you with that anointing. And that anointing begins to touch you, it says inwardly, is what the Word indicates, you know, and things like that. And by the way, let me say this, you shouldn't let just anybody lay hands on you. Unless you know them. Unless you're sure about how they, you know, you have some, you know, track record with them. All right, now let's go to First Peter, and I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit why that the Lord began to deal with me about, uh, uh, about my own ministry several years ago and about healing. We didn't see this like we see it now, but when we started, we just started because we fell in love with Jesus. But as we've continued to know Him and grow with Him in the things of the Word, and as I got connected to Dr. Dufresne, I told last night or the night before, I don't remember, about being in Muncie, Indiana, with him and how he called me up and said, I'm giving you an anointing. The Lord was giving me an anointing for bones, and, he, of course, he used him to minister to me. And he put his hand on my hand. My hand began to burn, this right hand. And and, and I didn't realize it at the time. See, I was slow to perceive. Some of you have been there. We said things to you, and you didn't catch it for two or three years maybe two or three, you know, I don't know. I'm just talking. you got to be perceptive of these. And I didn't realize that I was a little crippled boy and I had rickets, which is a bone disease. And there I am now. I'm an adult man. This was in 96. So I was born in 49. That's uh, 59, 69, 79, 89. That's 40, 46 or seven years. And all of a sudden, God's given me anointing to bless people and help them with bone problems. I didn't realize that at first when He said that to me. Then I later understood God was giving me an endowment to help people with bone issues and bone problems. We've had a lot of people, some medically confirmed now, healed scoliosis of the spine, all kinds of neck problems, bone problems, hips problems, all kinds of stuff like that. Arthritis. There was a lady came, uh, Sister Pam, I think she's back here, her stepmother or somebody was here just a while back. She suffered from arthritis, I don't know, for quite a while. An older lady got up here and we ministered to her and something left her. And she says today she still feels better, doesn't she? Getting around better. Hallelujah. Now, I I didn't do that personally, but then the anointing all my life did that. See, you've got to learn to separate the man from the ministry a little bit here. We're not talking, I'm not bragging about me. I'm talking about that anointing. But we just read what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to Ph.D. To preach, heal, and deliver. So, you know, uh, you know, now if you don't have a tangible anointing like I do, then how could you help people? Well, you could teach them the Bible. And any believer could lay hands on the sick, and the Bible says they shall recover. We're not downgrading that, but we're saying that's, that's not how I operate typically. I have a healing anointing that comes out of me and goes into people's bodies and begins to rearrange things and heal and deliver people. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just bringing attention to that anointing. If it was wrong for me to bring attention to it, it was wrong for Jesus to bring attention to it. You know, Philip in the Bible, he got the lame healed and people that were uh, had evil spirits. And uh, the palsy, but it doesn't say anything about deafness or eyes or anything. So he had some endowments, but he didn't have them all. And neither do I. Now that healing anointing is getting stronger and it's increasing. Where we started at whatever percent we started in the last seventeen years now almost, it's began to progressively get stronger. But then I've had to do my part to discipline myself and do the things I got to do too. Hallelujah! Remember, God's the one anointing. Now we're in First Peter four. Look at this: as every First Peter four ten and eleven, as every man hath received the gift or that's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And they could be talking about endowments. Even so, minister the same one to another. Notice that, minister the same. In other words, as you have received a gift, minister that to other people as a good steward of the manifold grace of God or the many faceted abilities of God, we might say, if we translate it If any man speak, if he's a speaker, a public speaker or whatever, let him speak as the oracles of God. The oracles there just simply means the written word of God. Let him speak in line with the word of the Lord. Let him speak in line with the Bible. And if any man minister, let him do it. Now here's the other part of that. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Well, what ability would that be? The anointing. The ability that God giveth. How may are listened. And it says, to minister with the ability that God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we can see here we're to minister to people out of whatever gifting we have. See, this is why we we talk about things like this. This is why we minister like this. And sometimes God adds in other things. I was in Mexico uh, maybe two years ago, and I had a word about... Uh, uh, back pain, low back pain, hip pain. There was a bunch of people came. They all said chairs on the front. And I went down through there and, and took their legs and make, you know prayed, and their legs would grow out. And I got to this one lady. I said, "Now God shows me He's doing something else in your body, but I don't know what it is. There's something else happening, lady." Then I just went on. So I didn't have any more than that. The Bible says we know in part. that God didn't seem. He didn't. He didn't reveal. got up and walked around and I didn't realize she had a deformed spine at the small of her back that was curved in and that deformity continued to get more and more intense. She said she could put her whole fist in the hole there, not an open sore but where it an indented and said when I got out and walked towards the back of the building of that in that service Pastor Jacobs, my spine popped back out and all that flesh filled in and my, my back was straight that's a creative miracle there I didn't know that was what God was doing. I just knew He was doing something. I said, He's doing something in you, through the interpreter, through Pastor Aaron, doing something else in you besides lengthening your leg. Maybe that just needed to be done to make things stay in place. I don't know, but anyway, God did it. And She got me after the service with the pastor and told me that. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Are you getting anything yet? We're talking about why it's important to yield to that if that's in us. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Mark chapter five. Let's go over here and let's let's look. We're going to look at this woman because she she pulled that anointing out of the man of God. This woman with the issue of blood. It's not necessarily critical that that's just her problem, but the thing is, is she had a problem. And a physical problem, we're going to see that that anointing on Jesus flowed out to her, but not without her faith. Sometimes people say, "Well, <clears throat> you know, if so, such as anointing and there's an anointing here, I've heard you say, Pastor, you feel that anointing. Some of you do, some of you don't. That's all right. You don't have to feel it, but if you don't believe it, it can't work for you." How many understand what I just said? Here's another thing we think. Well, if other people are in belief, hey, there was people in unbelief in Jesus' ministry, but the guy, he said he preached over there in Luke 5, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But only one guy got healed. All the rest of those guys, they didn't get anything. But God honors faith. That's what I'm trying to get over. Faith in that anointing. Faith in that anointing. Faith in that anointing. That's what we're talking about tonight. Faith in the anointing. And we're going to see that that anointing doesn't just flow out to anybody and everybody because it's present. Somebody has to have faith on their side to receive it. You see, some people, they not knowing that, not understanding. Well, I ain't getting nothing. Whose fault's that? Was it the minister's fault if he was anointed and he said the anointing was there and the power was there to do that and you didn't get nothing, evidently you didn't you didn't believe nothing. Now see you understand I could just teach you the Bible like we do in healing school sometimes, but you know, but I have that I we can teach and just teach you the word of faith and you can get it by your own faith alone. But you can also get in the prayer line in our ministry because we have a tangible anointing. I'm not bragging on me. I'm talking about the anointing on my life If I don't talk about it, you don't get it. And the bolder I am, the more results I get. Hallelujah. I don't try to be mean. Sometimes people get in the line, I'll tap them on the head, and I'll say, get out of your head. I can feel when you're in your head more than your heart. And you're up there analyzing everything. And you can't get much by analyzation. I mean, that's good for science projects and arithmetic and mathematics, but they're not in this realm. This is something you have to get by your faith. There's too many heady Christians, too many heady preachers. Hallelujah. And, I can, you know, I can tell that sometimes when I say something to somebody, even other preachers sometimes, like, huh? And they're trying to analyze what I just said instead of just do it. I've been there before. doctor said thanks. I, mean, I had to think about that. I have to, I'm going to have to, you know. And, and I, of course, I did. I got an agreement. It took me a little while to perceive what he was really saying. Hallelujah. But we're not trying to hype anything. We're trying to help you to be good receivers. Now, if I didn't have an anointing, then I could just teach you the Bible and lay hands on you like any believer. Or whatever, but that's not the case here tonight. I'm trying to get somewhere in this message to help you. Are you listening? And there's going to be more and more things happen in the in the future with our anointing. It's going to be more and more things happen in a broader spectrum of things because that's what the Lord's showing me. And as long as I stay in there doing my part, and, you know, and obey Him, things like that. Now, here we are in, in Mark chapter 5, and let's pick it up, verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and, and, but besides it being that specific, notice that she had this problem 12 years. And that's another thing. That people say, well, you don't know how long I've had that. It doesn't matter how long you've had it. It doesn't matter what God will do about it. And had suffered many things and many physicians. You know, I was down in Texas a, a couple of years ago. I don't know why I mean to say this. And I, I never had this word before since. I said, there's somebody that takes shots for migraine headaches. I didn't even know they had that. I don't know. And it just came out of my spirit. Then I thought what I said. I thought, man, does that make even, I don't even know if that makes sense. Shots for migraine headache. And I said, who is that? And nobody responded at first. And the lady kind of timidly said, pastor, could I say something? I said, yes, ma'am, are you the person? He said, no, but my girlfriend is. And she was supposed to be here tonight, but she didn't make it. she takes shots for migraine. I said, she going to be here tomorrow? Yeah. I said, bring her. And you know, God delivered her. She got so incapacitated when she had a migraine, she had to shoot her. Somebody said they shot her in the neck or something. i have never heard of that before. Some kind of medication or drug to not put her down. See, we're talking here about... Uh, you know, sometimes you can have something be a long term and intense thing like that lady, and yet God changed it in a moment of time. Steve Walker, he's a member of Pastor Dennis's church. He had hardening of the arteries when 21 years old. I never heard of that person that young having it. He said he did, and he, I don't think he's a liar. Of course not. And he was 52 when I prayed for him, and he was a, I was up ministering, and I had a word about heart problems. Nobody responded. I've told this before. See, I'm talking about long-term things, how they get changed in a moment of time when the anointing's on it. And I said, there's somebody here with heart problems. Well, nobody came. Nobody came. And normally anymore, I'll just go on. I mean, I'll just go ahead and if God has more for that service. And the Lord said, I don't want you to go on. I want you to stay on it. I want you to deal with this. Well, I'm thinking, okay. So i said it again. Nobody responded. I thought, well, I'm just going to sit down if nobody comes because God said, I don't want you to go any further until you get this figured out. And I said that in my spirit, you know. So finally, Steve is over here. He's going to be a catcher. He's going to work in the altar. So he's not thinking himself. He's thinking who's going to respond. He's going to line them up, get behind them, or whatever he's going to do. Finally, he said, Pastor Jacobs, I think that's me. I said, well, what's wrong with you? He said, i got hardening of the arteries, and all the arteries around my heart are, I don't know what percent plug. But he said, I'm in the top 5% to have a heart attack or a stroke because of that problem. And I've had it since I was a young man. I said, well, you're the one. And I, I ministered to him and he went back to these three doctors, cardiologists, and they did all these tests on him and they, they said, we don't understand this. You've got a Holy Ghost rotor rooter job. They didn't say Holy Ghost, I'm having that. But you got a you got a rotor rooter job, said something happened. All that plaque or whatever was removed and... It's like you got almost new veins and arteries in, in your heart. And they said, and he sent me the medical report. I have it at home in a file. You're in the top five percent to never have a heart attack or stroke. And here was a guy who had a problem over thirty years. So he said to these doctors, these team of team of three, when have you? How often do you see this? They said we've never ever heard of it. And We read journals from all over the world, cardiology. I never heard of that either, how, you know, uh, you know, somebody reversing things, they said that could be treated with some medicine, we can thin your blood, we can do yada yada, but to be reversed like this when you've had it 30 years, and to be totally like a, everything's brand new around your heart now. See, God, that anointing, this is my point, see, it doesn't matter how long you've had something, whether God's moving by the anointing and how he can fix that. Verse 26, And had suffered, this lady had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had. And you know, in that day they didn't have Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I'm sure doctors made some money. So she could have been a very wealthy woman when this started. Now she says she went through, suffered. That didn't, have, that didn't have put down on the physicians, but their medical techniques, I'm sure, back then were a little barbaric compared to what they would be today the lack of knowledge. She spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. I mean, that's the kind of lady that you'd think would almost just give up. But it says, when she had heard of Jesus. Oh man, I don't know something about when I read that. When she had heard of Jesus, I was thinking, with a real genius, please stand up. I don't know if some of you young people would know what Truth or Consequences is. There's an old show, Gary Moore had it. He was the host, I think. Uh, you know, like a Jeopardy! show or something, and they bring in three people, who are you, I'm astronaut, so-and-so, I'm astronaut, so-and-no, I'm astronaut. And then they had a panel of questioned people that questioned them, and then at the end they had to vote, who's the real astronaut here? Who's the, who's the real astrophysicist? Or something like that. And, and, and the, eventually the real one would stand up. And that's what I think about Jesus. Will the real Jesus please stand up in our churches? Well we've got to teach you the real Jesus is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. For she said, it says, she'd heard of Jesus, verse twenty seven, she came in the press behind him, touched his garment, for she said, If I touch but his clothes I shall be whole. She didn't even touch him if I touch his clothes. Look what she said. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt, that's the last thing, she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, the Greek word there is power, or dunamis, which means power, had gone out of him. What kind of power? Healing power. What kind of power? The anointing power. Went out of him. And, and uh, he said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, what's the matter with you? They've got a multitude around you, and everybody's touching you, in other words. And he looked around to see her, verse 32, that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, verse 33, knowing what was done, her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, behold thy plague. Notice that her faith drew the power out of him. She never even touched him. He didn't even touch her. She just got around him and grabbed his coat, and the power surged out of his being. Sometimes it's progressive. I had a pain at my side for 13 years. I don't even want to hate it. I mean, I'm telling the end of it. I mean, I went through some changes over that. And I went to hospital after hospital. And I even asked this one guy out of Oklahoma. I said, why can't you just put me up on a surgery table, cut me open, and take out whatever's the problem here, fix it, will you? Well, we can't do that. And so I suffered for 13 years so intense for two or three years of that I felt I said, said the Lord, I'm just going to come on home. I'm just tired of it. And he said, well, if you, you know, he said, of course, we were in a big discussion, me and him. He said, if you push for it, you're coming. Because you'll get your faith around coming home and I, you won't be able to stay anymore. But he said, if you do, you'll cut your ministry short. I've got a lot more for you to do. And I'd like you to stay in the earth until I'm through with you. I said, I'm let you know. I mean, I was serious about this. And then he warned me, he said, I'm telling you, if you keep on thinking like this, you're going to get over there on another, the the other dimension here of to come home and you won't be able to turn it around. So I made a decision to stay and, and you know, it's still several more years, another eight years before the pain left or another ten years before the pain left. And Dr. Dufresne got in my life and I was uh, with him at lunch one day, and he laid his fork down, and he said, that pain will leave your side, Michael. It was almost a year later, I got up one day and, boop, left. Didn't make that sound, it just boogied. See, but I said, I believe it. I threw my hands up. Right over here in Clarksville at the Old Charlie's, I said, I believe it, and I receive it. Man, I mean, fire shot out of his eyes. He said, prophet of God. And, you know, and that's the power. I said, the power of God's working in me. The power of God's working in me. The power of God's working in you, Pastor Randy, for the anointing on your life. Woo! Hallelujah! Now, listen to this. One can be anointed by God. You can't anoint yourself. Here's something else to think about. It's tangible. It says she felt. You can feel that anointing. You know, faith says we don't have to feel anything, but that you can feel it. Sometimes it'll feel like electricity. Sometimes it'll feel like honey. Or maybe even slower like molasses coming down over you real slow like, you know. I remember one time Dr. DeVray ministered to me and that power stayed on me for three years. Three years. That power stayed on me. Just constant. God was working some things in me and working some things out, different things. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. You learn anything? Go to Luke 6. I'm just about done. But we're talking about something important. The healing anointing. I'm not trying to bring attention to myself. I'm trying to help you to see. and, And again, let me be very honest and humble to say I never asked for any of this. I never asked to have angelic visitations. I never asked for God to visit and speak to me about different things. I didn't ask to be anointed in a certain area. I just tried to follow the Lord. And those things came. And it's a lot different today. You know, we're walking in a little more, hopefully, a little more maturity than we were 20 years ago. But those things came. And what they mean when they came, when I say they came, visitations things like that, and God visiting me and talking to me about angels coming and talking to me about different things, and then my ministry, and visions, and so, that just means I have more responsibility, that's all that means, doesn't mean I'm some kind of super anything, doesn't mean that at all, it just means I better pay attention, and God said to me recently, He said, now, I know you haven't talked much about angels recently, I want you, when you can, talk about that again, because the body of Christ is negligent in that area. They're ignorant and then they're negligent. They're, they're, they, some of them don't know anything about it, and the rest of them just let it fall by the wayside. You know that verse in there. Don't let these things slip. It's in there about angels. And a pastor out in out west asked me to come to Kansas, and I said to him, Pastor, I, you know, do you want me to just pray and do what I need to do, or do you have something in your heart that you, you know, that I teach that you think would help you? Because he asked for some tapes on the impartations from me, though I don't think he'd ever heard me teach on that. He said, well, I know you've got some revelation about angels. And he said, I've never taught on it. So when you come in January, I want you to teach about that. I said, yes, sir, I'll be honored to. And you know what's exciting? They always show up. I mean, they're here tonight too to help us. But, I mean, when I teach on them, there's just a different level of stuff that happens typically. Hallelujah. Now, where am I at? Luke 6. Here is verse 17 to 19. I'm just about through here. It says, And he came down with them. Luke 6, 17. Jesus came down with his group and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him. Now, listen to this. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. You know, a lot of times people come to the church because they... That hear that we pray for the sick or we minister deliverance. But you know, don't get tired of letting me spend some time teaching you the Bible. This is not a waste of our time to get to the good stuff. When you start thinking like that, you're way behind the curve of what I'm trying to get over to you. Let me have some time that you hear what we're teaching, and then you'll be healed. Now there are times sometimes in a moment of time you have to pray for somebody quickly. And you don't have a lot of time to teach them. Brother Sean was with me. We were in an airport coming back from some trip we took. I don't remember. Chicago, maybe. I went in the bathroom, the men's room, the huge airport restroom, you know, 25 urinals, 16 commodes. And there's a guy standing over a sink. He's going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. He's about 20 years old. And blood is squirting out of his nose. I mean, it's hitting the the sink. It's splat, splat. Every heartbeat splat. He's got a whatever nosebleed thing going. And I could tell all of a sudden he's starting to get into shock. He's freaking out. And he's standing there, and he's going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And there's guys using the bathroom going in and out, and nobody's stopping to help him or nothing. And there was one guy standing there by him. I said, you know this guy? No. I said, well, move out of the way. And I grabbed him. I said, look at me. I'm a man of God. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to get medical help for you. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I laid hands on him. I said, I command that to stop. I said, You're going to be all right. I got his attention. I'd have slapped him if I had to. Because I was he was over there in the unbelief zone. I mean, he's freaking out. I mean, there's blood everywhere. I can't believe all these men, macho men, just walking by. Like, it's not my problem. And I walked right outside, and at that time, there's one of those blue vested guys walking by with a walk. I said, Hey, listen, there's a guy in here who's got a nosebleed. to serious. You call for medical assistance. Get somebody here right now. He said, Yes, sir. And he called somebody up. And I went back to be with Sean. By the time Sean got in there, just a few seconds later, and stopped bleeding. They were in there tending to him. See, I didn't have time to say, Now, do you know what the Bible teaches in Mark 5? I mean, he was freaking out. Hallelujah. All right. So, but they came to hear and to be healed. Verse 18, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits. Here's another thing. People had evil powers, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue. There it is in power. This anointing came out of him and healed them all. I bet you're getting something out of that. Now, in closing, let's go over here to Luke, I mean to Romans chapter 1. Let's go over here and we'll close with this. We can see that this power is tangible. It can be felt. And we can tell, too, that this power is transferable. In other words, it can be transmitted from one to another. It can be transmitted from one to another. This healing power. Romans 1, 11 and 12. And I know somebody may say, well, Pastor, you sound pretty bold about this. Well, why wouldn't I? and let him use Jesus, He couldn't even anoint himself. I don't know if you caught that or not. He said he was a man approved by God with signs and wonders and miracles. Acts 2.22 That God did. About that, that's another issue right here. When you anoint cloth, and that anointing goes into cloth, it doesn't go into other things. It goes into cloth. Father, we release that. Oh my, that anointing into these cloths, in the name of Jesus. So when they're laid on those infirm and have assignments against them, those things will be broken. all things Somebody, several people here some kind of digestive problem anything from your throat all the way through your intestines I want you to come up here anything like that anything like that I want you to come on up anything through the digestive esophagus stomach intestines things like that in the name of Jesus there's more coming I'll wait praise the Lord hallelujah Let's lift our hands. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the anointing that destroys yokes and undoes heavy burdens. Thank you, Father, for that. in the day and you just freak out. I want to know who that is. I'd like you to come up here and let me minister to you. There's no reason for you to suffer with those. Hallelujah. Who is that? I'm going to wait. Thank you, Father, for the anointing. Let's thank Him one more time. You know, see, to me, I went to church for ten years. I never, this kind of thing never happened. Then then I got out of the church, then I went to seminary. This kind of service didn't happen at the the seminary I went to. They just singing their songs and doing their deal and creaking it out in it out. We didn't. Nobody getting healed or delivered in the service. Some of us, some of us young preacher boys, we needed that. I mean, I came out of the world. I'd been saved a few years, but you know what I mean. I still had a lot of garbage trying to hang on to my life. I'm not being critical of where I went to school, but I am saying I value what God's doing tonight and what He does a lot of times in this church. Not just through me, but through others that minister here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something's changing for you right now. Brother Jared, receive that anointing. Let it go in you. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's your granddaughter. You told me in the hospital we prayed about your family coming in. You remember that? You were telling me about your family. Well, we're thrilled that you girls are here. Now, I want you to pray this with me, and the congregation will say it with you, your part. And all you've got to do is just mean it. Say, to Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross to redeem my life out of the hand of the devil. So I receive you now into my heart. I'm a new creature. I thank you that I'm part of your family, that you love me and you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. And I want you In my life. Right now. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you for them. And I take authority over any assignments that tried to dominate them in the past. I rebuke it. And I speak blessing over their life right now in the name of Jesus. Let them be blessed and helped and strong disciples of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Everything that tried to dog your tracks, I break authority over that now. Take authority over it and break those things off your life. Something's happening to you, honey. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke those things and set her free in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. That make any sense to you? Yeah. Praise the Lord. You too. Yeah. Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. That's it right there, that anointing. That's it. That's it, Miss Crystal. Woo! Hey, Miss Lynette. Father, let that anointing permeate her. Thank you for the anointing tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's endeavoring to work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's working in your life, too. Mary, and receive that anointing. Let it permeate you. Receive that anointing. Let it move on you now. That's it. God's moving on you. Put your hands up a minute and worship Him. Thank you, Father, for this young lady, for the power of God to rest on her, we pray. Brother Billy, receive that. Miss Madeline, receive that anointing. Let it permeate you. Hallelujah. 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 for that want to be. Praise God. A couple of these ushers here. Praise the Lord. We appreciate you. Burns. Glory be to God. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This young lady back here, can I can I minister to you? Yeah. Would you step out here in the aisle a minute? I, I sense the hand of the Lord's on you. you. God ever deal with you about that, about your future? start dealing with you about something He's called you to do. I don't know if you're going to preach or have a healing ministry. I don't know. I, I, in the name of Jesus, let that anointing be upon her, Father. In the name of Jesus. And reveal to her what you have for her to do. In the name of Jesus. Now that's your daughter, isn't it? Yeah. She's got a real sensitivity to some things there by the Holy Ghost, I sense. and That's, that's a precious thing. Church again for you coming, being a part of these meetings and and letting the Word of the Lord come to you and let me preach to you and minister, help you. Man, I I tell you this next year, there's just so many great things going to come upon us. It's a new day for us. New beginning. New beginning. So, well, Pastor, I've heard you say that before. I know. I keep well. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Sometimes I get up and if I, you know, I'll say to Him, "Now, Lord, I know Your mercies are going to be new this morning." So I mean, I can claim all the scriptures, you know, that I normally pray, but I think hey, there's some newness going on today in my life. There's some newness going on in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen. Sometimes you got to talk yourself into some things. I'm not hyping. I'm talking. I'm... It says, "And Titus, speak now the things that become." sound doctrine, but how about speak that of the things that become? You know, if your life starts getting stale, it's because you've got to get that way. I mean, your spiritual life. So I just keep saying, well, Father, I'm speaking things and they're becoming that. They're becoming that for me, because for me, I'm speaking them based on the Word and your, your mercies are new every morning. You said you raised me up to walk in newness of life. So I don't know all that's going to happen in 2010, but I know it's going to be fresh. Because I've never been here before. I have, I've never known as much as I know about you as I know today. I'm talking about what we know about the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just take a minute and thank Him and praise Him. Open your mouth and praise Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hmm. Newness of life. Newness of life. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, I'm going to pray and let you go. Listen, have a good time at your parties tonight. Be safe. Angels of God go with you. Have a sandwich for me, if you like. Hallelujah. A member Jesus is with you and in you. And uh, these young ladies that got saved tonight, uh, maybe somebody could uh, make sure, Brother Joe or something, Liz, make sure they get some material because we want to help feed you young ladies the Word of God about what just.